Welcome to Plans Are Booked, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Gillen. I'm Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm Caitlin Madison. So welcome back. It's been a minute. Um, Molly and Steph have just returned from some travels. I'm knee deep in report cards. There's all sorts of things going on. We've got books to discuss. Who wants to uh, kick off the catch up? Well, I'll say that we were away for four days. We went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We managed to go to two independent bookstores during that time. First one was called Valley Books. Very adorable. Tons of great stuff about the West. Great kids section. And then we wound up at another place called wait, Jackson Hole Book Trader. Wait, first say the connection to a local store. Oh, sorry. The Valley Bookstore is owned by the same person who owns Hummingbird Books in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. I've been there. That place is very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, just out of curiosity, not to interrupt, but were both of these bookstore stops intentional? No. No. We well, actually didn't know that there was a bookstore downtown until my friend Colleen, shout out Colleen, sent me an Instagram DM and said, how come you haven't gone to the bookstore? And I said, what bookstore? And she explained the Massachusetts connection. So we went there. And then on the last morning, we went to the Jackson Book Trader, which is new and used. We saw that on the way to the tattoo parlor. And we're like, ooh, books. Have to stop by there. We arrived at 9.57. They open at 10 a.m. <laughs> and the person working the register, who we think may have been the owner, truly did not open the door until 10.01. He was like, you will wait right there. But once we got inside, they had amazing cards and stickers and books and huge kid section. A local book, stuff. Local stuff. Um, and in the Jackson West section, there was a book called Cabin Porn, which was like all the best designs of interiors of cabins. I feel like I actually should have been the one to buy that. Wait. You bought it? No. I didn't buy it. Oh, only oh. because it was heavy, but I really wanted to. There was also in the romance section. Order it from bookshop.org and still support the store, and then you get the book. That's true. I could do that. The romance section had a quote-unquote spice grading system. Oh, wait. Can we have Steph open her mystery book? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So there was an arc section of... Um, Brown paper wrapped up tiny little teasers, I guess. And I picked the one titled Karaoke Mystery, which teases rip-roaring rump, small-town fires, humorous drama, and novel. I'm Is sorry, did you say rump or romp? That's my question. Doesn't that look like a rump? Are, are I you? I think it's romp. <laughs> I think <laughs> both work. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, let's see. This is so exciting. This book hasn't been published Ooh. yet. Well, obviously she's holding a real copy, but like it's not at stores. Uh, actually, it says on the top, on sale July 2023. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. It, this is called The Crow Valley Karaoke Championships, a novel by Allie Bryan. All right. Well, it's giving Putnam County spelling bee vibes. <laughs> yes, it is. I was also thinking um, Best in Show. I like it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a little. Definitely. Yeah. So we'll add that it's to got the a po- It's got a podunk funny vibe. <laughs> right. And this, uh, did anybody have anything else to say about your trip? Tell about um, your tattoo. Well, first I should say that um, I wrote 
on the first two flights out the whole time. I am now nearing 90,000 words. I think when I left, I was just shy of 80. I need to catch up because I think yeah. I've only read like 50,000 words. Yeah. But that's because the children are... Understandable. They're being, they come first. They're being needy right yeah. now. I only wrote the first morning because I was a little jet lagged. Then we were busy for a lot of it. And then I think I did like a little editing on the last morning. And then I wrote on both flights on the way home. So I'm doing good. I'm getting close. About three quarters of the way. That's excellent. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the final morning, she proclaimed, I'm done with the draft. <laughs> and I thought she meant the book. She meant the draft of the Instagram reel she was making <laughs> of the weekend. Oh. She was like losing her mind. And I, I like, would have <laughs> been, I would have been losing my mind too, but wow. Yeah. That's a little like, bit of a letdown. Wow, the inspiration really struck. I, in, in my head, when we planned this trip, I was like, I'm going to write the final words while we're there. Like, it'll just be like, you know, wrapping the bow up on the whole story, but I'm just not there yet. So mm. still got a little ways to go. Um, yes, I did get a tattoo while I was out there. She got a badass tattoo. It's, um, it's still covered for another two days. Two days. No, tomorrow's your last day, Wednesday. Well, I think Thursday at noon. Really? I've never had a tattoo Me covered neither. for more than a day. No, this is supposed to, it's like um, waterproof kind of skin, and it has to be on for at least five days. What? And then I have to peel it off. It feels like a Band-Aid, kind of. It looks like a Band-Aid. Um, but I, it's the, for people listening, it's like the size of her entire forearm, so it's a pretty large saran wrap style Band-Aid. Yeah. But I have... I'm wondering. I have five tattoos, and I've never had anything like that. I know, but you and I have. I mean, I don't know if you have gotten any since you and I last got one together. But it's been like four or five years since I've gotten a tattoo. I've gotten one in the last three, probably. Oh, but maybe maybe this is a new thing. Well, and the other thing I'm wondering is that's much larger than any of my tattoos. No, she she cut them out, so it could have been any size. I know, but you also got on a plane, so maybe that was part of it, that she doesn't want germs all over I it. I don't, I don't know. know. Tattoo people, hit oh, us up. Shout out to Paintbrush Tattoo in Jackson, Wyoming, and Bethany Hart, who was, she put so much, This is I didn't mean to make a pun, but she put so much heart into mm, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I had a phone call with her months ago, planning this, saying, here's my idea. And we show up, she had two designs, and this the one that I ended up going with was not even something that had crossed my mind. Um, and she was so picky for, like, what, 45 minutes, maybe? Easily. Uh, like, it's not quite there, it's not quite there, I think we need to change this, we need to change this. And she would print them, put them against me, you know, we'd hem and haw. Um, she was fantastic. It was, like, my best tattoo experience. She definitely took the permanence very seriously. She wanted to make sure... Steph loved it. The placement was perfect. She kept lifting her arm up and then putting her arm down yeah. straight and then holding her arm out to the side. I've never actually been with anyone when they got a tattoo before, so I'm not sure if that's always how it is, but she seemed so intentional, so caring, so aware about what was about to happen. And I think it turned out even better than you thought. Yeah. I have to make um, a little bit of a sexist comment. The one female tattoo artist that I've worked with was like that. Mm. And the four other tattoos I have were done by men, and none of them really seem to. Yeah. 
it wasn't like a bad experience. It was just like very efficient Correct. and like, okay, this is what you want and we're yep. going to get you in and out of here in an hour and yep. see you later. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 Also her, her studio was like a spa. It was lovely. The whole experience is fantastic. So yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And well, it looks great. Thank you. Um, I did not go anywhere. I was here in the rain. It's been raining every weekend for eight weeks. I did a little meteorology deep dive. Deep dive and uh, because I went to New York City in September, and then the following weekend, I went to Saratoga, New York. And both of those weekends, it just absolutely pissed rain the entire time I was there. And so then I was like, man, it really feels like every weekend it's raining. And then I looked it up and really every weekend this fall, it has been raining at least one day. Um, So I'm really hoping we get out of this system because if it ends up being a blizzard every single weekend this winter, this podcast is not going to be enough to see me through, guys. (laughs) Just so you know. I mean, we're having fun, but wow. Um so I was around here. Report cards are coming up. So the kids are, you know, all being busybodies. Like, how many more assessments are we going to have? And I'm like, we're done. We're not doing any more. I'm writing the paragraphs. They're being sent out this week. Um, but this weekend, I'm going to Harvard on Friday because my school has a big um, under the lights soccer tournament, the boys and the girls both play and like, I guess there's snacks and it's a dress down day and everybody wears their gear and you know, the whole thing. And so, um, I'm going to that on Friday and it's supposed to be 78 degrees and sunny. Yes. This Friday. Yes. I can't even believe it. And then the other thing that I'm doing this weekend is I'm going with my brother to see killers of the flower moon, which I have seen, Quite, I read the book and the book's excellent. And I do trust Martin Scorsese to tell a story, and Leo's in there. And they, you know, I've heard that all of the Osage costuming was actually made by Osage people, but then I have also seen people like crap on it. And so, and it's three and a half hours long. So I will report back in our next episode what I thought of it, but the book was really good. So so there was a heated discussion about this at work today because several people felt the movie should have been four hours with a planned intermission oh. instead of three and a half, which after you view, I will be very curious if you agree with that take. I really thought you were going in a different direction and you were <laughs> going to be like, and then these indigenous people like really had a fit about it because what I saw, I've seen people that are Osage say that they're really glad that this story is out there and that if that if this is how people are going to receive history then like so be it. Mm-hmm. And then I saw um Kevry Jacobs from Reservation Dogs she wrote a 15 tweet like extravaganza about how she didn't think there were enough indigenous people involved and that basically who was the audience for this movie and like why wasn't it made by indigenous people and so she had a lot of issues with the making of the movie. And then when it got down to like the final tweets and she was talking about the movie itself, she basically said it was good. Hmm. <laughs> so I think like as a concept, she's upset with it, but maybe like in terms of the art, it's, it's decent or maybe better than decent. 
So I will let you know my book to film um, opinions next time. On our flight out to Wyoming, I was reading an article, and now I can't remember if it was Variety, about how a lot of the land in question is now Drummond land, which you might know as in the Pioneer Woman, her family. Yeah, Reed Drummond. Um, but that family is not mentioned, apparently, in the movie. No, it's not. And also, so the Pioneer Woman blew up as like a blogger for recipes. Mm -hmm. She was like, she worked for an ad agency in New York City. She met this guy from Oklahoma. She was she a calls, vegetarian. She's a vegetarian. She calls him the, Mar the Marlboro Man, like in her blog. And her kids play college football. I mean, she's like, she lives on a ranch. Um, and so I found out, I have a, a colleague who is from Oklahoma and so she and I were talking about the movie and like how I'm going to go see it. And she's the one that told me that the pioneer woman, she's like, it's not her. It's her husband's family mm -hmm. like has this land. And I was like, get out of here. So, yeah, it's like wild. It's wild. Um, so do we want to segue into our book sharing? Are we ready to book share? Uh, we're going to be talking about the inheritance games. Um, so Steph, I think, wants to yes. blurb us before we launch in. Yes. For those who have never heard of the Inheritance Games, um, this blurb comes from Goodreads, which is a favorite of all of us, keeping track of what we want to read, what we have read, so we don't reread something that we've completely forgotten about. Um, okay. So this book came out in September 2020. So not that long ago. Um, and the blurb says, Avery Grahams has a plan for a better future. Survive high school, win a scholarship, and get out. But her fortunes change in an instant when billionaire Tobias Hawthorne dies and leaves Avery virtually his entire fortune. The catch? Avery has no idea why or even who Tobias Hawthorne is. To receive her inheritance, Avery must move into sprawling, secret, passage-filled Hawthorne house, where every room bears the old man's touch, his love of puzzles, riddles, and codes. Unfortunately for Avery, Hawthorne house is also occupied by the family that Tobias Hawthorne has dispossessed. This includes the four Hawthorne grandsons, dangerous, magnetic, brilliant boys who grew up with every expectation that one day they would inherit billions. Thank you. <laughs> um, so this is a young adult series, but I feel like the characters range in age from like 15 to like 30 maybe or even older. Mm -hmm. And so... I haven't actually talked to anybody that's a young adult that's read it. I only know adults. Yeah. Um, and I discovered this book because of book talk. So imagine the blurb that Steph just read aloud, but somebody is in a video in what looks like a reality TV, TV show confessional. And she's reading that. Well, she's not reading it. She's reciting it from the first person. So when I was watching this video, I thought that this girl was in this crazy situation. I was like, oh, my God, what channel is this reality show going to be on? And she's like, well, if that caught your attention, then you should read The Inheritance Games. And I got, like, totally duped by this book talker. And I thought that she was, like, in some absolutely absurd situation. So then I was like, I have to buy this book because it sounds insane. Um, what I discovered was 
basically a 2020 version of the Westing game for any of us that read that back in the day. I've taught it. I read it as a kid. It won the Newberry like in the 60s or 70s. And basically, Mr. Westing dies in his mansion and he's going to leave his, I believe it's a candy empire, to whoever solves his murder. And he leaves these letters for like 12 different people and then they work in teams to try and win his fortune. And so I was like, this sounds like a cooler version of that. And so um, so I picked up the first book and then I think I was about 60 pages in and I was ordering the second one that was already available. And then I got the third one. And now there's a spinoff of the series that's about just two of the brothers. There's also a fifth book that is coming out July 2024. What is that one about? This one's called The Grandest Game. And I wrote in my notes, feels like a new spin on Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, okay. So Avery is such a cool protagonist, I think, because she's like really down on her luck. Um, she Her mom has passed away. She doesn't really know anything about her dad. And then... Like, she basically wins the lottery. Mm -hmm. She wins the lottery. She shows up at this house. She doesn't know why she's being, like, summoned to this will reading. She's never heard of this guy. He's, like, a billionaire billionaire. Like, he is. he has so much money, it's insane. And then when the will is read, there are these four grandsons that are like the same age as her. Obviously they're all good looking and like good at different things. And why wouldn't that happen? And, um, and you're kind of like, okay, which one is Avery going to get a crush on? Because there's four to choose from, which was like such a delight. Well, um, except that Nash is quite a bit older, I think, isn't he? Okay. Don't ruin my dreams. <laughs> anyway. So, there's four brothers and all of a sudden Avery becomes enemy number one because they get left like nothing. And then they all have to cohabitate in this house because that's how she earns the money. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Can I first say that this book to me is the epitome of don't judge a book by its cover? 100%. I was oh, it's just going to say, I'm so glad you saw it on book talk. It's such a garbage cover. Because I think if you no, saw no it. No offense to the design. If you saw it in a so store. Childish. It doesn't even look young adult. If you saw it in a store, there's no way you would have picked it up. No. Just no way. No. When I actually got the book in the mail, I actually thought to myself, this reminds me of the cover of the Richie Rich movie. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were going for. It's so gaudy and goofy, and I don't understand why they went with that artwork. And I, it makes me think that maybe they were targeting like fifth and sixth graders yeah, it or felt something. Middle grade. It feels middle grade in some ways, but in yeah. other ways, like I mean, most of the riddles are like challenging to me as an adult. Oh, sorry, I meant the cover looks middle grade. Oh, to oh, me. oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say yeah. the content. Yes, no. is probably a little higher. Yeah, although it's not difficult to read. No. That see as a teacher, that's where it gets tough because it's like the content is at one level and then the vocab is at another level. Mm -hmm. So when you get kids that are super smart and capable readers, you don't want them reading books that have like rape or incest mm -hmm. or like really difficult stuff that they're not ready for just because they can. Mm -hmm. And um I am glad that the internet exists and they have like all of that like media sense stuff that parents can just plug stuff in and like have a clue. 
I mean, my, our parents didn't have a clue. No. My mom caught one episode of 90210 one time, and she's like, you've been watching this for how long? And I was like, it's fine. And I was in like fourth grade, and it was not fine. I should not have been watching that. Hashtag older next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I think, first of all, these are big books if you read them in hardcover. They're pretty voluminous, mm. each one. Although I do think I read one of them in like under 36 hours. So what I was just going to say is that I think the pacing is what I loved most about mm-hmm. the book. You are hooked immediately for all the reasons, Caitlin, that you shared about the situation Avery finds herself in. It's so interesting. It's so urgent. It's so watch your back at every turn. But the way that the chapters are written, it's like every single chapter ends on like a mic drop or like an aha moment and it was definitely a book where i was like okay one more section one more section and then all of a sudden you're like 200 pages in because you want to know what the next piece of the riddle is going to be and i think she managed to maintain that in every book Mm -hmm. it felt that way in all the books in the series which is hard to do yeah the pacing was really good and there's a love triangle Mm -hmm. we won't tell you which of the four brothers but there is one And I think the other thing that's really compelling about these books is that they're really likable, even though they should be spoiled brats. Mm -hmm. Like they have lived this super privileged life, but, and one of the catches in the book is none of them know their dads. So that's like an ongoing, I don't want to say trope because that like juvenilizes it, but like it's an ongoing chip on everybody's shoulder that like our grandfather was the male figure in our life and he passed away and left billions to some chick we've never heard of she shows up now we have to live with her their mom is like super aloof and weird she won't tell any of them who their real dads are and they all have different ones i mean it's pretty juicy and scandalous um apart from the random girl that's getting the billions of dollars i think for me it immediately made me think of the secret garden the like hidden you know discover what's around the corner and and that whole darkness up not dark in like the sense of did you see that meme going around that was like this was my first love triangle yes (laughs) well maybe that's why it made me think of it too but well also there is the garden that we see at some point um and i don't know that's just like my my youngest memory of love love triangle and things hidden around corners without giving away who the love triangle is with in this book can you say who you would most want to be your boyfriend from the hawthorne brothers these do seem (laughs) stumped i'm not stumped so i'll go first yeah molly has an answer so she should just go right ahead i'm team jameson okay in my mind i was picturing him almost looking a little Chase Crawford, early years of Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is like the mischievous one. He's the most flirtatious one. He's the most, he's the biggest risk taker. And I think I always am attracted to those people in books and movies because it is the antithesis of me. Like I'm so goody goody straight and narrow that when there's like the super handsome, willing to do anything to solve the mystery person. I'm just like gravitating towards that one every time. And see, I think it'll come as no surprise to either of you that I am team Grayson because moody, broody, aloof is my downfall. It's not surprising (laughs) at all. And the, here's the thing about Grayson. There are, it's hard 
to have a favorite. I feel like in every book I kind of changed who my favorite character was. Um, and Grayson is described as this like very businesslike, like almost like a, what are those garbage books? Uh, the masochist guy. Oh, um, 50 shades of Grey. 50 shades. <laughs> He's got like, he dresses like the guy from 50 yeah. shades you know, like sleek suits, like he's the one that like is the best philanthropist of the group. Like he knows how to use the money to their advantage. He's like the savviest of all of them, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but may I also interject that I also find Nash very enticing because of the cowboy boots. And he's the older brother yeah. that pretends to not care about yes. the money and he's pretty successful at it, I would say. Yeah. Um, I like the protectiveness of Nash. I think that is really appealing. I agree. But I really, I really like Xander. I knew you were going to say He's got such a, he's so kind hearted. He looks out for everyone. Like throughout the books, he's got kind of this, like, he's the youngest. So everybody kind of takes him for granted. And he's the one that like pulls it together a lot of the time. So he's got kind of like a Jeremiah from the summer I turned pretty vibe. But he's a genius, which is very appealing to me. And then in addition to being a genius, he also is like the one that will bring you baked goods when you're feeling down. And like he just doesn't really seem to have very many bad days. And that's the opposite of me. And so I would like to have more of a sunshiny kind of person around to get me out of my doom and gloom. He also, there's somebody else that he reminds me of that I totally lost it, but he's just got kind of this like great. He tries to get the glass out of people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. He's just really good natured and he ends up. Oh, I know what I was going to say. There are moments in the earlier books that he has like a real Neville Longbottom thing going mm-hmm. on. They're like, oh, there's the mad scientist. Like, catch you later, Zan. Like, whatever. Um, and like everybody kind of grows up a little throughout the books. And I really, I really like that aspect of it. Should we rename this podcast a brother for every reader? Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Please suggest books that have enough brothers for everyone. For each one of us. To have yeah. For each brother. one of us. That would be great. So I also have to say, okay, so we're, well, one of us is in our forties, but the other two are in their thirties. Yeah. Whoopsies. <laughs> Um, but I have given these books to two dudes in their 30s. One of them is my brother. One of them is his best friend, Zebo, who named our podcast. Um, and they ripped through them. They loved them. Mm-hmm. So I don't want people to get bogged down with us talking about the love triangle because yeah. the games and the riddles and the figuring it out and the adventure has like Goonies vibes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it has like Outer Banks vibes. And there's just this like real sense of like there being an end game and they're trying to figure this out and they're trying to all coexist at the same time without being bitter Bettys. And, and there's some danger. There's definitely danger and past secrets. Yeah. It turns out that when you're a billionaire, you have a lot of people <laughs> living on your property and some stuff goes down on the property. Mm-hmm. With multiple people, there are deaths that people don't know the answers to. So, and that's not even giving anything away. On that's how good these books. Are. I didn't even give anything away. There's a death on the property. Yeah, okay. There's like eight hundred. Like, get ready. I will say, I always read the acknowledgments in every book, and at the end of the first one, 
she thanked her, I guess it must have been her agent, for helping to negotiate the sale of the film rights. So it is meant to become... Oh, I have news on this. Something on screen. Tell me. Okay. So it should be a TV show, in my opinion. I did some digging. In March 2020, Amazon Studios purchased the rights to it. The book hadn't even come out yet because the book wasn't published until September 2020. Okay? So at the time, it was only going to be a two-book series. She now is her fifth fifth book, sixth book. Well, she calls it a trilogy, and then she said there's a companion book. Right. Because it only has two of the brothers in it. We right. won't say which ones. So since then, I have not found any updates. So this was pre-pandemic, basically. I don't know if they're waiting on something, if it's just been background. I feel like that did happen with um, Panic by Lauren Oliver. I feel like that got optioned, and then the studio sat on it for a while before that came out. Well, and the society was greenlit for a second season, and then the pandemic hit, and they just right. dumped it. And we know we were liars. The writer's room just got back in gear. Yep. So it may be a while, but what I will say is that... The same way people always say that if you've watched, let's say, the Harry Potter movies, you are not getting the full world Mm. as if you had read the books. Mm -hmm. I believe that will also be true in this case. There is just no way that in even if they did one hour episodes, 10 episodes, that all of the backstories and all of the detail Mm -hmm. could fit into that amount of time. So I would say while we wait to find out what's going to happen when it might go into production, when it might come out, take the time to read the first three because... Absolutely. And that is the nice thing about... Jennifer Lynn Barnes did a really good job creating this world that they live on, live in, like in this estate, but also the world that they live in, like paparazzi follow her around to private school and all of that. Um, and I think what's really cool in the first book is that you see it all through Avery's eyes. So she's a fish out of water. Like she doesn't know how to act. She doesn't know basically anything and i feel like in that first book every chapter she's like discovering more hidden rooms and like parts she's like oh we have like a sauna we have like a in room that's just filled with instruments we have you know we have this we have that and over time the boys like get excited about having a new person to kind of impress because it's all old hat to them and so it becomes kind of new again to them if you've ever wanted to push a bookcase that became a hidden door a to somewhere percent. else, you should also read this. Yep. It's it's fun. I also I don't want to like compare this to to anything else, but I just like that she's she's an active participant. It's not like these things are happening to her. She's like a go-getter. You know, she's not just like a passive character who's, "Oh, I've found myself in this situation. I'm just going to like go with it." She's like, you know, taking the bull by the horns and like really making the most of it she's dying to know who left this to her because it's just astonishing like what's being offered to her is crazy and it's really the boys that want to figure it out at first and then she gets really like lured into it because she's realizing they're finding all these puzzles and all this stuff that the grandfather left behind. And she's like, okay, I want in on this. And also it's another way of her becoming allies with them to get the money in the end. So, but it's a great series. I, I have book four. I haven't started it yet. 
And you need to so that you can pass it on to I know, us. I need to pass it on to all of you. I do need to do that. Um, because I think that it's light. It's a nice break from, I just read mm-hmm. something super murdery. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, so it's, I should alternate to something else. Um, but I'm also, I'm reading another, I'm reading so much YA now that I'm teaching again. So I'm reading the new Jacqueline Woodson uh, remember us it's called mm-hmm. and do you guys know anything about in the 1970s like bu- like specifically bushwick like that area of brooklyn like all these land like slumlords essentially were um like super insuring buildings and then setting them on fire and all these african-american people were displaced no nope. okay so that's the thing that happened in the 70s and jacqueline woodson herself lived in bushwick in the 70s and so she wrote this book i think that i read the review in lit hub maybe and they interviewed her and she said this is a ghost story hmm. and she said anytime you're writing about something that actually did happen to you it's a ghost story And so she's like, these are stories of all the people in my neighborhood and like the fear that I grew up with. And she has the main character that's narrating be um, a tomboy and she's the daughter of a dead firefighter. So that's like another element of the story. And she says so much with so little Mm -hmm. that she blows my mind on a regular basis. She's so talented. And she's gotten, like, she's a MacArthur Genius Grant winner. She's had different, like, really prestigious fellowships. She's won a bunch of awards. I think she has a Coretta Scott King Award. I'm not positive on that one. Um, She's, like, the premier middle grade author. She has books and prose. She has regular books. Like, she's the best. So that's what I'm reading right now. And then maybe I'll do, is it called Brothers Hawthorne? Hawthorne legacy hawthorne I think it's brother, brothers hawthorne okay and then the, f- the fifth one is the grandest game okay which will be next summer okay so maybe after i finish jacqueline woodson that's that'll be my next thing or maybe i will have finished britney spears memoir by then and i can pass it to you let's get into it <laughs> britney so i've only read the first me, i think more. six pages or so and she has already gone into so i don't know how closely you have followed her through her career but her middle name Jean is after her grandmother who was in an abusive relationship and she's already in the first few pages talking about how that just like generational trauma that's why her father is the way he is and the way he treated I'm ready to just sit down tomorrow and just read the whole day I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be good there have already been a lot of bombs that Mm. have been picked Mm -hmm. out of this in the reviews and the PR frenzy that is surrounding this. So as I said on our intro episode, I still think Open Book by Jessica Simpson is my number one celeb memoir of the last, let's say, five years. Uh, So I'm curious if this can dethrone that. I do want you to read the Minka Kelly one. Not because I've read it, but because she's had so many goddamn famous boyfriends. Derek Jeter. She did date Tim Riggins like on the sly trevor noah i mean she john mayer i mean i think that that, her dad was in aerosmith for a while i mean she's it's on the list yeah um so i wanted to listen to the britney memoir what is it called the woman in me 
the woman in me. I wanted to listen to it. I thought that could be kind of fun. And then I looked it up on Audible and Michelle Williams, a.k.a. Jen Lindley from Dawson's Creek, is the narrator. And I'm sorry, but I don't want Steven Spielberg's mom <laughs> pretending to be Britney in this book because it's a memoir. It's first yeah. person. I don't want to. And she has kind of a weird intonation. She has a very distinct voice. Yes. And I just, I don't want that crossover event in my brain to happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you bought it because I'll just actually read it now and imagine Brit with her knives dancing around <laughs> dictating. Do you think she dictated it to like a ghostwriter? What do you think? I think the ghostwriter does a ton of interviews and takes the notes from all those conversations and tries to string it together either in chronological order or by theme, depending on the book. I also think that we just really don't know her because she has been hidden away. Wait, did you actually pay $33 for this book? I had a gift card. Oh, you had a gift card. I was going to say, 33 when did they stop being $24? Maybe I, I just know. buy all my hardcovers at Costco and that's my problem. Yeah. Or I buy so many books all at the same time from an independent bookstore that I don't know how how much anything costs individually. I mean, I'm definitely getting a coupon, I think, for that. Yeah. Shout out to Porter Square Books. I Does she acknowledge the ghostwriter? I'm just looking. I have been looking some peeksies. As you know, I don't really read the acknowledgments, which is sacrilege Shame. for a writer to be admitting to. Um, so I have no idea. Um, I'm just looking at the acknowledgments. I'm not going to spoil anything, but like one of the things that she says is, um, thanks to everybody who worked so hard to bring my memoir into the world, including my collaborators, collaborators. And then it says parenthetical, you know who you are. <laughs> so I don't know if we're ever going to find out who the heck did that, that like work, but I'm just imagining somebody following her around with a tape recorder. <laughs> trying to like piece this while she's dancing <laughs> yeah i mean can't you just imagine like oh gosh i hope she talks about that when she started doing the social media dancing and if that was a release oh, for her is there a table you know, of contents I, I don't something. know i don't know if this is accurate or not but i remember reading somewhere that that because she was kept under such a strict um basically lock and key that was like the only thing that was allowed of her own sort of creation for her social media. And I guess it's just sort of spiraled from where it once was. I'm really, really excited to read this. <laughs> I just like glance, I just did a little a flip through and I just, and I haven't clicked on any articles. I mean, obviously it's not looking good for Justin Timberlake. I mean, the Justin Timberlake stuff that I have already seen Nobody, there wasn't any like, this will spoil the book for you. It was just like plopped in my Twitter timeline, X timeline, mm -hmm. like whatever. So now that these articles are like spoilers ahead, I haven't clicked on any of them because I really do want to know. Oh, it also got spoiled for me who she had, who she cheated on Justin Timberlake with. So that was a bummer. Didn't we already know it was Wade Robson? I didn't. Oh, that was been he out was her for choreographer. A while. I knew. Did you not watch the Lifetime movie? I know movie? that he was her choreographer, but also, like, that doesn't mean anything, usually, I thought. So cliche. I also think but there also, was a huge news cycle around her auditioning for The Notebook, the movie The Notebook. Yes. They, her audition video came out. 
It's in the it's in the YouTube. World. I can't even picture how that movie would have existed with her across from Ryan Gosling. I mean, I, I don't think Ryan Gosling would have said yes if I'm being honest. They'd work together on the Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse Club. Club. I still <laughs> uh, let me say it again. I still don't think he would have said yes. Um, and not only that, but um, I can't believe you guys knew about Wade. Yeah, for a well, while. I mean, here's the thing about Wade, though. I just think of him and Michael Jackson of now. See, I've been like deep in the Britney lore since 1997. I thought I was, but I missed Wade. Oh, well. Yeah. I, I don't um, think I missed much. So. What are you guys reading right now? Well, I just finished two books during our Wyoming trip. She reads like a fiend. Mm. You finished one on the first? Yes, first on the flight? first flight. Yeah, I do my best reading on planes. Um, so the first one I found at Beacon Hill Books, downtown Boston, in the romance section. The title is a food pun, of course. Donut Fall in Love. It's by Jackie Lau. Never heard of her until I saw this book cover and I just was attracted to it and wanted it. It's about a woman who owns a bakery and a up-and-coming actor who just had like an embarrassing public faux pas stumbles in, is having a bad day, knocks into her, knocks all these donuts onto the floor. Very traditional meat cute. Um, and fast forwarding a little bit, this doesn't give anything away, but she becomes his tutor basically as he prepares to be on a celebrity baking show to try to rehab his image called Baking Fail. You guys can't hear my eye roll, but it happened. Anyway, I loved it. It's adorable. It's not the most well-written book of all time, um, but it's very adorable and just you root for them big time. And then I read a book also, which I found in a bookstore in the Brookline Booksmith in Coach Corner called Emergency Contact. Emergency. Yes. Emergency Contact. Um, Mary H.K. Choi is the author. The cover is like striking. It just kind of grabs your attention. And it has this like bluntness that I can really only compare to like Holden Caulfield, Catcher in the Rye. And it's about two people who basically form a very intense emotional relationship via text message and don't really see each other in person, but they become very close. Um, and then someone has like a real emergency and winds up reaching out to the other one to support them. And it kind of takes a turn after that. I also think I finished that in two sittings. I yeah. went pretty quickly. Anyway, they're both fast, fun reads. Um, and now I'm reading one called The Unsinkable Greta James about a woman who it kind of reminded me of Daisy Jones and the Six. In a oh, wait. Way. Is that the book that I picked up for you in Valley Books? Yes. In Jackson? Yes. I was like, oh, I think you would like this. Just from the cover. Yes. <laughs> I read the back and I was like, yep, sounds like a Molly book. So it's about a woman who is a singer, songwriter, guitar player. And after her mom passes away, she has like an onstage meltdown and she wants to just retreat. And she winds up on an Alaskan cruise with her dad because the mom was obviously supposed to go on the cruise. And wouldn't you know, she falls in love with someone on the boat. <laughs> okay, I might read that one. So it's... Wait, what was that one called? The Unsinkable Greta James. Okay. So over here in the romance corner, things have been very good. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Now I'm racking my brain if I'm reading anything else. Well, I just finished and gave to Steph 
a book that I do want you to read, Molly, but I know you don't really, you're not like the murdery mystery type. Sometimes I can take a break from murder. Okay, so I'll, I'll read it first and see if... Yeah, preview it for yeah. her. It's so fast-paced. It, I, I literally was like, I feel like I'm watching a TV show. It's so fast-paced. It's called The Butcher and the Wren. It's written by Elena Urquhart, I believe. The Morbid. She's the host of the Morbid podcast. By day, I don't think this is true anymore because she's a podcaster, but by day, she used to be an autopsy technician from the Boston area, started the Morbid podcast. Now, the Butcher and the Wren, Wren is the name of a um, coroner. And the butcher is the serial killer that she's trying to chase down. And the chapters alternate between the butcher's point of view and the coroner's point of view. Okay. And it's going to be a series. So the first one's out. And then um, I don't know when the next one comes out. I just know that she has promised that there's going to be another one. So I ripped through that very quickly great read if you're into mystery if you have ever watched like criminal minds or law and order svu like any of those it's super like gripping and fast-paced but also she used to do like autopsies on people in real life so there's a lot of detail i would say i wouldn't even call it gore because it's just like anatomically and medically correct information um so I just finished that one, and then I picked up the Jacqueline Woodson because that just came out on October 10th. So I'm reading that, and then I also went to the library because it was raining, and what else do you do? And I picked up a bunch more books at the library, and I made friends with um, one of the children's librarians because I discovered that the library that I go to has a tween room, and I didn't even know. <laughs> And then the woman followed me in there and like started talking me up about her tween book club that she has and like gave me her business card and was like, oh, you're a teacher. Where do you teach? What do you teach? And she knew some kids from my school. It was hilarious. She's so awesome. Shout out to librarians everywhere. Um, she was so enthusiastic and awesome. So I picked up a, a middle grade graphic novel called Swimmers, Swimmer or Swimmers. I forget which. Um, and it's about a girl who moves to a new town and basically, I think, becomes friends or gets friends by joining the swim team. I don't really know anything else about it. She raved about it, so I got it. Um, and I feel like I have another one that I was really... Oh, another one that I'm going to read that I got is called My Heart is a Chainsaw. It's written by an indigenous writer. It's billed as like realistic horror and had comparisons to Tim O'Brien's In the Lake of the Woods, which if you've never read that book, holy F-bomb. <laughs> that book is has an unreliable narrator that has horrible those. PTSD from the Vietnam War and lives in a cabin in the woods. And you don't know if the things he's saying are happening are actually happening or not. And it's like parts of it are told through a um, like a courtroom interview. Haunting. So anyways, this book has been compared to that book. Okay. So I'm here for it. Tis the damn season. Yeah, we're we have a lot of books on the currently reading. Pile. I know. I Listen, it's I see something. I want to read it. I read a bunch of it all at the same time. Yeah. We're also entering 
holiday season where all of the amazing independent bookstores that we love are going to have even better displays, even better, you know, I'm a sucker for the cards, individual cards, the box cards, the stickers, you know, it's just, we're going to be giving them all of our money as the weeks go on, I feel. I know. And I'm hopeful that as the podcast gets going, we'll have stickers and bookmarks and things to Mm -hmm. have people order. Or maybe we even do some raffling of some things. Yeah. We have some big merch dreams. We do have merch dreams. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie about it. We do have some big merch dreams. Yeah. If you want to keep tabs on our merch dreams, but also what we're reading, what we're excited about, what's coming up, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Plans Are Booked, all one word. Friends, until next time, our plans are booked. <laughs>